You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. God. What do you suppose? I mean, let's think. What do you suppose would have happened had Menahem sought God with his whole heart, repented of his evil deeds, come to God in humbleness, and ask God to intercede on the nation? What would have happened? God would have interceded upon the nation. He led him into a great victory over the Assyrians instead of them giving up all this money. Do you ever look back on a decision that you made and wonder if you had consulted God on it, how different the outcome would have been? It's so easy to do what our head is telling us to do and not stop and talk it over with God first. Today, Pastor Dave reminds us to always involve God in our decisions. The results are always so much better. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Kings chapter 15 as he begins his message. Six Kings, five notorious, one victorious. You are We're going to finish chapter 15. We're going to go from verses 8 through 38 in 2 Kings. If you have your Bibles, please turn to 2 Kings chapter 15, where we'll pick up and um, we'll move on in our study in 2 Kings. Let's open with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you. Can't thank you enough for the work you continue to do here at Calvary Chapel in our hearts. The work you do collectively, the work you do individually, how you provide for us, Lord. It's really amazing to see the way your provisions come forth, Father. So I ask, Lord, that we would just continue to seek you with our whole hearts. Lord, that we wouldn't let anything get in our way as we look to you for all things. Lord, that we look to you and and our need is in you, Father God. Your word tells us that you've given us all things for life and godliness through Jesus Christ. So, Lord, we know that we have everything that you want us to have. But, Lord, you want to bless us so much, Father God. So I ask, Lord, that we would continue to seek you with our whole heart, that you would be found by us, Lord, and you would continue to bless us, Lord, not only as we study your word, but as we walk out in the areas and are a witness of you. Lord, may the witness go forth boldly, and may many, many, many come to know Jesus Christ, coming to know you, God the Father, through our witness, Lord. May that be our prayer. So we thank you, Lord, for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So ever since the reign of Jeroboam I, who was the first king of Israel, the northern kingdom has been on a downward decline. And following in Jeroboam I's footsteps, each successive king has led the people further and further away from God, basically leading them into rebellion against the Lord God, Jehovah. Each king led the people into the worship of Baal and basically forced them into idolatry, which was so against God's law. The kingdom, as we had said several times, has fallen into moral decay, selfishness, 
selfless ambition. There's been much bloodshed, as we've already studied, and we're going to study more bloodshed, and in a repeated rebellion towards the things of God. God is now the furthest thing from their minds. Not one king is called good. Not one king in the northern kingdom of Israel. All of them did evil in the sight of the Lord. Why was Jehu considered good? Well, because he killed the prophets of Baal. He killed them and basically destroyed, according to 2 Kings 10.28, he destroyed Baal from Israel. But because of the rebellion that had started within the hearts of the northern kingdom, the kingdom is now stumbling ever fast towards destruction. And soon, we're going to read that the northern kingdom ceased to exist. It will be carried away into captivity by the Assyrians. And that's coming up very shortly as we go through our study in 2 Kings. So as we finish chapter 15, we meet six more kings. Five of them from the north are notorious kings. One of them who is now on the throne of the kingdom of Judah in the south, he is a victorious king, however, he has some faults, which we'll see. But these notorious kings were godless in character, and they did evil deeds. In fact, it's so bizarre that four of them are going to be assassinated. One of them by the name of Shalom reigned only one month. Zechariah reigned six months. Pekahiah reigned for two years. Menahem reigned, who was the cruelest of them all, reigned for ten years. And Pekah reigned for 20 years. The cruel and destructive behavior further alienates the kingdom from God. And their captivity, as I said, is drawing ever closer than it was before. It's a very sad time, not only in the northern kingdom, but for the entire nation of Israel. The great F.B. Meyer said of this chapter, quote, This chapter anticipates the final overthrow of this kingdom of tribes. Remember, the northern kingdom is made up of ten tribes. He further says, It describes the corruption and disorganization that made them an easy prey for Assyria. Unquote. But one king, as I said, at the end of chapter 15 is seen as victorious. His name is Jotham, and he's the son of Uzziah, the great king. And we're going to look at him as we go through our study. So the very first king that we're going to come across is a man named Zechariah. Let's read verses 8 through 12, please. In the 38th year of Azariah, king of Judah, Zechariah, the son of Jeroboam, reigned over Israel in Samaria six months. Remember, Samaria, the city, was the capital of the northern kingdom. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, as his fathers had done. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who had made Israel sin. That's Jeroboam 1. That's Jeroboam 1. Then Shalom, the son of Jabash, conspired against him and struck and killed him in front of the people, and he reigned in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Zechariah, indeed, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. This was the word of the Lord, which he spoke to Jehu, saying, Your son shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. And so 
it was. Zechariah, a very familiar name in Scripture. Very familiar name in Scripture. In fact, in Scripture, some 20 guys have that name. Some 20 people have the name of Zechariah. But this one is the son of Jeroboam II. Jeroboam II was considered a great king in the northern kingdom only because he did a lot of good things. He did a lot of construction projects. He defeated enemies. He did a lot of things. He wasn't considered good or great because of his attitude toward God. He didn't have a good attitude towards God. So that didn't make him great. He was great for the materialistic things. He was great because he helped them prosper. He helped Israel prosper. Zechariah's great-grandfather is Jehu. And back in 2 Kings 10.30, God promises Jehu that his descendants would occupy the throne of Israel for four generations. And here, Zechariah, this promise is fulfilled, and we have the end of the Jehu dynasty. One commentator said this about Zechariah, quote, Zechariah was a king, not because of his sanctity, ability, or popularity, but because he was providentially born into the royal family. So it wasn't like he was somebody special. He just happened to be the next in line. There are only two major facts recorded about Zechariah in these scriptures. Number one, he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Number two, he was assassinated. Not a lot to say about this guy. Not a lot to say about who that he reigned six months. He reigned six months. That'll tell you a lot. Next, we come to a man named Shalom. Let's read verses 13 through 16. Shalom, the son of Jabash, became king in the 39th year of Uzziah, the king of Judah, and he reigned a full month in Samaria. Zechariah reigns six months. Shalom reigns one month. For Menahem, the son of Gedi, went up from Tirzah, came to Samaria, and struck Shalom, the son of Jabash, in Samaria, and killed him, and he reigned in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Shalom and the conspiracy which he led, indeed, are they written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. Then from Tirsa, Menahem attacked Tiphash, all who were there, and its territory. Because they did not surrender, therefore he attacked it. All the women there who were with child, he ripped open. So, here we have another brutally barbaric situation here in Israel. We know virtually nothing about Shalom, except his name, and that he reigned for a month. We don't know anything else about him. The writers of Second King made no moral comment about him. No moral comment at all. Perhaps because he didn't reign long enough to show himself either good or bad. But violence marked both sides, his rise and his fall from power. Remember, he killed Zechariah to take the throne. And then a month later, he's killed by someone else to take the throne. He organized a conspiracy, and he murdered Zechariah. And then he was killed by someone by a conspiracy against him. If you have a minute, turn to the book of Proverbs chapter 26. In the book of Proverbs chapter 26, Solomon writes this. Whoever digs a pit will fall into it. He who rolls a stone will have it roll back on him kind of apropos here. What's he saying here? In his judgments, uh, we know for a fact that God often appoints that people reap what they sow. 
sowing and reaping. There's that great proverb that God treats them the same way they treat others. That sounds New Testament because it says forgive as you've been forgiven. If you don't forgive others, God will not forgive you. So it kind of runs the same way, doesn't it? But here Solomon is saying if they fall into the pit that they dug for others, <laughs> or the stone's going to roll in the game that they tried to roll down on somebody else. You know, if we want to bring it to today's colloquial terms, what goes around comes around. You know, be careful while you treat people. Be careful of what you say to people. Be careful how you act, because the same thing will come back to you. Jesus says that about judging. Be careful whom you judge and the way you judge, because as you judge, so shall you be judged. The same judgment will come back to you. So we have to be careful of this. So, so this guy, Shalom, was killed by Menahem, who was one of his officers. He was a military commander of sorts, and it's believed that Menahem was a general of Zechariah's army. They believed that he was some sort of a general in Zechariah's army. And he heard that Shalom had killed Zechariah, so he goes and kills Shalom for the crown. Again, it's the same situation. You know, whatever you're going to do is going to be done to you. So, you know, what's the golden rule? Do unto others as they will do unto you. So the same thing there. So you have to be careful. Anyhow, it ends with a barbaric situation here. It's a really barbaric situation where this Menahem in verse 16 is a real brutal kind of guy that because they didn't surrender, when he goes into the town, he rips babies from the wombs of the expectant mothers. I mean, it's almost bizarre. It's almost, it's almost really weird. And the prophet Hosea kind of prophesied about this. And remember, Hosea, Isaiah, Amos, some of those guys were contemporaries of this guy. They were contemporaries of him. They were going about the same day prophesying. So in, in the book of Hosea, in chapter 13, specifically in verse 16, it said, Samaria is held guilty, for she has rebelled against her God. They shall fall by the sword, their infants shall be dashed in pieces, and their women with child ripped open. He prophesied this. He prophesied that this would happen, and this is exactly what's happened by in this barbaric action here. It's not a great thing to read, but it's right there. I mean, it's crazy what they do. So it's very brutal and bloodthirsty what they have done. So king number three, look at verse 17 through 22. In the 39th year of Azariah, the king of Judah, Menahem, the son of Gedai, became king over Israel and reigned 10 years in Samaria. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. How many times do we have to read this? Well, remember, we're going to read it every single time we come to a king of the north. He did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not depart for all his days from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin. Man, they hammer that home, don't they? They really hammer that home. Jeroboam here, they're talking about of Nabat, remember, was the first king of the northern country. And look what the scripture, look what the spirit says about him. Look what he has to his name. He made Israel sin. Wow. Woo. Think about it. I mean, it's one thing to sin. 
but to make someone sin or to cause someone to sin. An entire nation to sin. And they not only sinned, but they continued that sin for years and years and years. And it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible to look at this and to see this. I worry about the scriptures that say, cause no one to stumble. You put a millstone around your neck and they'll throw you in the ocean. Just by causing one person to stumble. Here he made an entire nation and generation stumble. My gosh. It's incredible. Incredible when you see this kind of things. And every time you see Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, there's always that tag, who made Israel sin. He takes a dim view of that. Really does. Verse 19. Paul, king of Assyria, came against the land, and Menahem gave Paul a thousand talents of silver, and his hand might be with him to strengthen the kingdom under his control. And Menahem exacted the money from Israel, from all the very wealthy, from each man, 50 shekels of silver, to give to king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria turned back and did not stay there in the land. Now the rest of the acts of Menahem and all he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Menahem rested with his fathers, then Pekahiah, his son, reigned in his place. This guy, this king, Menahem, was feared by the people because of his barbaric acts towards children and towards women. He once was an army commander, so he had the army at his beck and call. He had the commander. He reigned for 10 years, which is probably why. And I think it's interesting that he taxed only the wealthy people. <laughs> Not going to talk about politics today, okay? But he taxed only the wealthy people and he gave tribute to the Assyrians to keep them away. Sadly, he didn't give them enough because Assyria is going to come back. They're going to come back and want more. In fact, they're going to come back and start to take people away, even in this chapter. We'll see. Instead of seeking the help from God, what do you suppose? I mean, let's think. What do you suppose would have happened? had Menahem sought God with his whole heart, repented of his evil deeds, come to God in humbleness, and ask God to intercede on the nation, what would have happened? God would have interceded upon the nation. He'd have led him into a great victory over the Assyrians instead of them giving up all this money. But he did not. He didn't come to God. He didn't come to God. Instead, he compromised. He gave in. Why? Because he wasn't following God. He wasn't looking after God. He never had God in his thought. He never had the Lord anywhere in his mind. It was easy for him to compromise and say, oh, this will work. He was following his own devices. He was following his own thoughts. He wasn't seeking the Lord with his whole heart. He had nothing to do with the Lord. He was out there on his own. He compromised. He gave them tribute. And they're going to want a lot more. And they're going to take a lot more in a very few Verses. So next in line is Pekahiah. I love these names. Let's read 23 through 26. In the 15th year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekahiah, the son of Menahem, became king over Israel and Samaria, and he reigned two years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Bet, who made Israel sin. Then Pekah, the son of Remaliah, 
an officer of his, conspired against him and killed him in Samaria, in the citadel of the king's house, along with Argob and Are. And with him were 50 men of Gilead. He killed him and reigned in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Pekahiah and all that he did, indeed, they are written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Israel. I feel like I'm repeating myself. I feel like it's the same thing over and over and over. Because it is. Because it is. Pekahiah, the son of Menahem, reigns for two years. Here we see that he continued the apostasy of the kingdom. He followed after his father's 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 doing evil inside of the Lord. And right away, you know, he's in for trouble. Right away, you know, he's in for a problem. And his father, Menahem, was a military commander, and he had assassinated Shalom. Pekahiah was killed in his own palace by another Pekah, his, his military commander, who became king. Obviously, the blessing of the Lord was not with Pekahiah. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts about this? What are your thoughts? We've just gone through five of these kings. What are your thoughts? Look at what's going on here. What a bloody time. What a horrible time. There's just no law and order. There's no peace. There's no tranquility. But yet, God is allowing them to prosper. So number five, we have Pekka. Let's read 27 through 31. In the 52nd year of Azariah, the king of Judah, Pekah, the son of Remaliah, became king over Israel and Samaria and reigned 20 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who made Israel sin. In the days of Pekah, king of Israel, Tiglath, Pishler, king of Assyria, came and took Ijon, Abel Beth Machah, Janoth, Kadesh, Hazor, Gilead, and Galilee, all the land of Naphtali, and he carried them captive to Assyria. Then Hosea, the son of Elah, led a conspiracy against Pekah, the son of Remaliah, struck and killed him, so he reigned in his place in the 20th year of Jotham, the son of Uzziah. Now the rest of the acts of Pekah and all he did, indeed, they are written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Israel. So during the reign of Pekah, the Assyrians return. They return, they invade the kingdom now, and they're capturing various cities. They're doing various things now, and they're taking people away. They're carrying people away and making them slaves. Many Jews and Philistines were deported from the area to Assyria. Pekah is slain by his friend, Hosea, in yet another conspiracy and another coup. We're going to review Hosea's reign when we get to chapter 17. He's not much better than anybody else. There's not much written about these guys. There's not a lot to talk about. There's not a lot that we see except their wickedness. And every single one of them did evil in the sight of the Lord. Every single one of them followed the path of Jeroboam too. So Jeroboam one, he's going to be held responsible for this entire generation after generation of people. You are We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to and even share with your friends and family. 
Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in 2 Kings or jump to another book of the Bible. A Sure Hope is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cape May. If you're not already connected to a church family, we'd love for you to join us this weekend. We meet weekly, Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. We'd be happy to get to know you and hear about your story. Find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. Look on our website for directions as well as the various ministries that we offer. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we'd love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. As this edition comes to a close, we want you to know we're grateful you're a part of our listening audience. Make sure to join us again next time for more from 2 Kings, where Pastor Dave will pick up where he left off. We look forward to that time with you again as you continue to learn and grow here on A Sure Hope. Oh